enjoy the show. Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Podcast, your one stop for all things geek. Welcome to the Temple of Geek Podcast. For those of you tuning in for the first time, my name is Aaron, and I will be your host tonight as we discuss Umbrella Academy. We're going to be discussing the comics, the show, couple spoilers, so if you haven't seen it yet, you guys may want to press pause, then come back uh, and listen to this. If you don't care about spoilers, this is the place for you. I am a spoiler-talking person, and I'll even explain why a little bit later on. But uh, the Temple of Geek Podcast, we've been around since 2012. Here we discuss and celebrate fandoms and things and all things geek. And for our returning listeners, thank you again for tuning in. With me today, uh, once again, I have two special guests, two people who I, I consider uh, very good friends, um, two people that I kind of talk to almost daily. I just realized that right now. Uh, first, we have first we have a cosplayer, a model, a all around just awesome person. We have Rachel Lee, and we also have photographer, one of my photographer homeboys. Um, Basically, my Asian counterpart, if if I can say that, recent, <laughs> recent, very new owner of Deadpool's head, Chris Lee. We have the Nerdlies right here yeah. on the Temple of Geek podcast. How are y'all doing? How y'all doing today? Oh, good things. How are good, you? Good, good. Yeah, man. Man, great intro. Great intro, man. Yeah, I, 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 once y'all said I could say whatever I want, I knew I was going to bring up the Deadpool head because you look super excited about that. Oh, my God. It's so cool. Uh, when, when we saw it like, come up as like a thing I could even buy, I was just so excited. I'm like, I have to have that. That has to be in the house. I have so much Deadpool stuff. Just I have a whole wall. I'll send you a picture later. Uh, okay. I have a whole wall of so I'm so excited to have it and like yeah you can see my reaction in the video I love this thing <laughs> like I saw the video and I was like oh my god he really bought this and then I saw how big it was I was like oh shit that's a that's a head <laughs> yeah it's a, real, it's a real head like I said it, it actually like very closely resembles some of the cosplayer like helmets that I've seen yeah it's like kind of creepy <laughs> Uh, but it's very, very, very cool. There's so much technology in it that it just nuts to me. Like it, like it knows when you pick it up, and it'll be like, "Oh my god, put me down!" And like <laughs> <laughs> that, that's like, so. That sounds like the best and the absolute worst thing to ever have in a house at the same time. So yeah, I mean, it, it encourages you to prank people with it, like because you can. Uh, you can use your an app on your phone to attach to it, and then you can set it to go off at certain times and like for certain situations. So you can put it in someone's bed, so that when they like turn over and say something, it's like, "Ah, why are you here?" Okay, so <laughs> that that that's just too much. stuff. Like, yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> I'm like, I would never yeah. do this to anybody, but it's pretty that, funny that you can. That is it absolute that, like. proof. That is absolute proof that we have strayed away from God. Like, just seriously. I'm just like, anything in this world that, that's proof that we've strayed away from, from the Lord, it's Deadpool being able to prank you in your bed. Right. In real life. 
now we we actually because it just it starts with Deadpool. Now that the technology is there, there's gonna be so many other like just de- just disembodied heads that you can just make like that now. So like that that's how you know where we're going with technology. Where like somebody walks in with like a Thanos head and he's just talking with that James Brolin Thanos voice and just scaring the hell out of everybody. So, but yeah. So um. <laughs> So last year at WonderCon, I think it was last year. It's been like this has been like the longest year ever. It's been like twenty twenty has been thirty million years. But I believe last year at WonderCon, huh? (laughs) I said it's March one hundred and fifty six. Right, yo, it's like the longest March ever. Like no one's been able to go outside. (laughs) It's the worst. But I remember last year at WonderCon, uh, the last WonderCon that anybody was able to go to. Uh, Rachel, you were dressed as Klaus, and uh, mm-hmm. I didn't know it at the time until I took you guys' picture. But Chris, you were dressed as Ben, and I found I found that just like the the greatest cosplay duo, like at the time, because I, I I had no idea, and I was like, I'm trying to get the shot, and like Chris was as in the shot. I'm like, Chris, move! Like he's like, no, 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 I'm part of this. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny to be like subtly in the background for that costume because Klaus is so big, and right. Rachel can get as like crazy as she wants to be when she's in the costume, and I just kind of have get to stand in the background. And if I'm in the picture, it's it makes makes sense. It's it not makes- like I did it. Yeah, I did it on purpose. <laughs> right. It's like it's like so. Uh, my fiance and I at L.A. Comic Con last year, we dressed up as Shaggy and Velma. And here's what I realized: like dressing up as Shaggy, if I'm a few feet away from her, like if we're not right next to each other, I'm just a regular guy. Like she can, <laughs> like she can always be Velma no matter where she is. But if I'm more than like five feet away, I'm just a dude. Like I'm just a dude in a green <laughs> shirt, and brown pants. So it's like you have yeah, to be a lot of next people to that just did not get it that Chris was Ben. Yeah, it, like, it took it took me a second. Ben, okay. Yeah. It took me a second, and I was like, "Oh, okay." So, so we're we all we're all fans of Umbrella Academy in in some form. Uh, so, Rachel, I'm gonna start with you since um, from from what Chris told me that you're you're the the comic book purist in with the umbrella academy how did you get introduced to it um well actually i um i have a really good friend named rose uh rose ivy wallace uh who is an amazing cosplayer in her own right um she i'd seen her posting about it before um before it became a thing and then when it did become or when they announced it was going to be a netflix show she was super excited and i usually trust her judgment on a lot of Mm -hmm. things um, so I was super intrigued by it. So I actually did watch the first season. And then once I watched the first season, then is, that is when I bought the comic books. Oh, okay. Them. Um, but yeah, so after the first season, I read the first and second comic books, um, which was kind of interesting because I, I just assumed that, um, because the subject matter of the first two books mainly centers around, they both center around the Kennedy assassination. I just assumed that they kind of took a little bit of everything from the first two books and made that into season one. And right. I didn't realize that they were going to keep going with that very Kennedy centric storyline going forward into the second season. So that was kind of a shock for me. Um, and also um, there was definitely certain things about it that like, I wasn't expecting to 
for them to pull off, especially uh, the OG handler being a fish in a bowl. Right. Um, I just I just assumed that they would never do that because I was like, oh, well, they've just already made the handler the woman. And so that's who she is now. Um, and so that was kind of a cool Easter egg thing that I was just like, wow, I like did not expect them to actually go for it and have that happen. But it was really, really cool. And they pulled it off amazingly. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess the only other thing that, um, I mean, obviously there's something in, um, in the first comic book that is finally revealed in the second season <laughs> because it's literally on the it's not on the first page but it's literally on the second page of the comic book that, oh yeah uh, yeah an alien right and you see that iconic thing of him with his mask like all laying on like a table or something in a bathroom and i i was like really like you're gonna wait till <laughs> like now is when you reveal it like i just kept waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and being like why like why did i just it's such a weird thing that they just chose to be like that's the red herring that we're gonna keep right one and second season now now um, for, okay go ahead oh that's all i was gonna say it's just like i just thought it was interesting and then i guess the only other thing i could say is like i mean i kind of understood the reasoning why they you know, change the story dramatically from the comics because oh again, yeah, don't make sense. There's things that you know that they wanted to do that I'm glad they did. Um, in terms of the storyline, in terms of incorporating civil rights movement and you know many other things into the storyline that they weren't able to do in the comics or that they just didn't think to do in the comics. Right. Um, but um. And also, I thought a kind of a crazy thing that was in the second comic book is that Allison is actually the one who kills Kennedy because she is just yeah. motorcade and she <laughs> yeah. just tells him there's a rumor that his head exploded and that's how she kills him, which is so crazy, which I was like, there's no way they're going to do that. So right. I knew that already. Um, but I guess one other little tidbit, I guess, for people who don't read the comics is me and Chris were kind of talking about it after the fact, even after we did our um, our podcast about it, is that we were kind of thinking that in some ways, I think, because the mom in the comics is, she definitely looks very different than the mom that's in the show. Yes. Because the mom in the show is blonde and she, you know, she wears very traditional 60s kind of like housewifey attire and everything. Whereas in the comic books, she she kind of resembles like a mannequin. And she just kind of has, like, her organs, like, exposed. And she doesn't usually wear her arms and legs and stuff. Um, but I digress. She has a very interesting and, like, complicated, like, uh, I guess, relationship with the kids. Where that yeah. they don't really show in the comics. She she has a lot. She's a lot more, like, tough love with them. And she has this relationship with Vanya, which I kind of think that they took that relationship that she has with Vanya and they turned that into the handler and Lila relationship. And even right. like the way that they dress the handler, I think is a lot more in terms of the way that they dress mom in the comics, which I thought yeah. was interesting, but there is like a whole kind of storyline where like mom and Vanya kind of have this like relationship that's, like different than like you see them having at all in mm -hmm. the comics mm -hmm. or in the mm -hmm. TV show. So, yeah, that was just kind of my takeaway is that's kind of how they amalgamated that. But right. other than that, like, 
it really is two separate things. <laughs> it's very different. Yeah. Now, Ben, before I get to you with the same question, which might even have the same answer, actually, uh, before, if anybody who's listening has not seen or even heard about the Umbrella Academy, maybe I think it's just a school for umbrellas. Uh, basically, it's a comic book and a Netflix series, both of which are in the same kind of universe, both of which are wildly different from each other. But the one thing that's constant in between them on October 1st, 1989, I'm scrambling for my notes, uh, 43 yeah, children yeah. forty-three children were born uh, and at, at the same time at noon. And what's weird about it is none of the women who had these children were pregnant either before it before that all happened so nobody had any signs of pregnancy anything like that it was just all spontaneous births uh and then there was this really rich billionaire who just went around weirdly collecting kids like the scene is weird like in the comics he's like like in the show in the show he's like how much do you want for it i'm like whoa dude i just had this mystery kid and now you're trying to buy it off me that's weird but um aggressive It's aggressive, <laughs> aggressively weird. He ended up just—he ended up getting seven out of these 40, 43 children, which uh, we'll talk about some of the missing ones later. And he—he yeah. he raises them, and I use air quotes when I say raises them. He—he—he yeah. he ma- he makes them into this team of super kids, and I think the like, word might be like he cultivates them. Right? Yeah. There we go. Yes. Yes. militaristically trains them and like (laughs) it really is like it's like an art it's more of like an army slash boarding school than like love and affection and like caring like even though mom gives a little bit of that but she's a robot like she's right yeah she can do so much yeah in the comics she looks like one of the generic robots from overwatch like if if you really want to like go with that and like when you said that um Hargreaves was an alien. I I did a rewatch of the first season uh, right after I watched the second season. Uh, admittedly, I did. I, I was not really feeling the first season that much. I, I thought it drug on a little bit and it picked up toward the end. But in the last episode of the first season, in the in the cold open, and this show has some of the longest cold opens in the world. They're yeah. they're, they're like Bond esque. Yeah, those cold opens. I'm like, wow, the show ain't start yet. Oh shit, it's like an Assassin's Creed game. But like, so, <laughs> so like in the last episode of the first season, they actually show us Reginald Hargreaves on his native planet. They don't explicitly say it, but they do show him there before he goes to Earth. And I guess, and I didn't catch it until I saw the second season and went back because mm-hmm. at first I was just like, oh, okay, well. What, whatever this is yeah same like i don't think i made the i mean i i thought it was weird but again like they, it's so like it's it's not it's definitely not explicitly told to you that that's exactly what's happening so you're just kind of like okay like this is weird and there's these rockets launching off and i'm still kind of confused as to like whether or not the rockets launching has to do with these births I actually have a theory on that. I have a theory on that. Kind of what I'm thinking too is that like he like the reason he knows that this is occurring is because it was like some kind of like I don't know if he had a hand in it or if it was just something that was part of his right. species way of being like okay like we're gonna like spread our seed across the galaxy <laughs> and this is how we're gonna do it right kind of thing but 
it definitely I definitely think there's there has to be a correlation between there's a reason behind that yeah now um now Chris how did you get introduced to the uh Umbrella Academy Honestly, kind of the same as Rachel. Okay. Uh, we we knew our friend Rose was very interested in it. I knew n- like not a lot about it. I knew that Gerard Way uh, was creating it, which I was always like, "Oh, cool!" Gerard Way, who's one of my favorite musicians, My Chemical Romance is probably one of my favorite bands from back in the day. And, uh-huh. Uh I was like, "Oh man, he's starting to write comic books. He wrote, made his own thing." And I never actually went and looked into it. Unfortunately, for whatever reason, I just never pursued that like thought. So once they decided to actually make a, a show about it, I was like, okay, all right, let's let's check it out. Um, I think Rachel actually watched the first two episodes before I did, and she was like, we got to see this. <laughs> we got to watch the whole thing. So we binge watched the first season, and yeah, and it's just been, yeah, I've just been riding the high of like, I enjoy the mix of how this series is with music and action and how they tell the story and how they balance the characters. Because I was always a fan of X-Men. Like that's my that's my baby is like I loved X Men when I was a kid so anything that has to do with like multi team like a team dynamic I'm all in for I mm-hmm. love that stuff so and they balance it really really well that's what I th- and like with the X Men uh, with how the episode structure is like I don't know if, I don't know like how deep your X Men collection is but I, I'm pretty sure that you know this part of it in like the late. 80s like the the mid to late 80s like almost to like the 1991 series with Jim Lee jumped in uh the X-Men stories were more serialized and they did like basically like character profiles in each book like every character had a spotlight in a book and that's how they kind of structured the episodes in Umbrella Academy which is something that I really like because it gives you time to get to know the characters in there it's like there's been in-depth episodes about Pretty much all the seven kids in Umbrella Academy, except for Ben. Yeah. Except for Ben, yeah. Which is by design. I, yeah. By design, for sure. And yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that, that helps that helps you understand where each character is coming from. Not that you agree with every character's actions. No, not at all. You know where their trajectory is going, and you understand why this plays off of this person, this plays off of this person. And that's the like success of making a team team show because you don't you don't skimp on any of the characters you want everybody to think right it's not it's not like we don't know anything about say like vanya or anything we it's like it's like it's almost like we you get personal time with each person so that way people who actually have a favorite know why that that person's their favorite it's not that like oh well nobody else likes this person so you know that's my favorite you know, <laughs> it's like every like everybody who didn't want to be fans of like the major uh, two like boy band people. Like if you're you thinking you're only fans of Justin or JC and then some one of your friends was going to be a fan of Lance just because. Yeah, just because, you know, it's like you like Kevin, you like Kevin from the Backstreet Boys who like literally didn't sing a word until their second album, you know, so. I'm very well versed in boy band knowledge. Don't mess with me. But oh, <laughs> I, I believe you, and I'm right there with you. But yeah, so like I kind of that too because she. I think we've discussed this before, but because everyone liked In Sync and Backstreet Boys, you liked 98 Degrees. I did. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
Yeah. Gotta go against the flow sometimes. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I, although I went Backstreet Boys as well, but yeah. Right. Like I love I love the Backstreet Boys and I also liked O Town. Like O Town was my jam. <laughs> that sounds pretty good too, yeah. O Town was fun. Yeah, Old Town was cool because it was like, all right, we just gonna put these strangers together like we did with every other boy band, and then we're gonna make a boy band out of it. So, <laughs> speaking of boy band, what's your opinion on them using the Backstreet Boys song for the fight, like in the living room? Laughing my ass off through that entire sequence because, like, something about it, I just, I don't know. I mean, I think just because, like, I don't know. <laughs> I, but like, I, here's something that I, Broadway, I did not like it. I was like, what the fuck? Like, this is supposed to be like this epic battle. And Allison and her husband are actually getting like kicks some ass. And they're using this like corny ass <laughs> fucking Backstreet Boys song. Like, that was my only, my only problem with it was, yeah, the black people. I was like, come on, man. Like, come on. Like, my only problem with it was, my only problem is like one of the, is, is, see, I'm, very conflicted on it because it's like okay the black people are fighting and the backstreet boys is the background music however i'm black and i would totally fight somebody to a backstreet voice song that's the that's the conflict like i would totally that's the internal (laughs) conflict that i'm having so it's like oh man why'd they pick this song they could have played war from 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 uh right you know they could have played they could have played some hardcore like some some black people protest songs or something, but no, we went for the Backstreet Boys, and I was like, man, I really like this song, but this seems kind of inappropriate. But like they do, that's kind of how I felt about it. But I mean, yeah, I mean that's but that's just kind of the way the show is. It's yeah, yeah. and they do that a lot with the music too, because like in the first season, they played they were in the fight in the fight scene at the bowling alley. They played uh, Saturday Night by the Bay City Rollers. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. They put that out there right off the top because you have a full scene with I think we're alone now, which is not like is a hit. It was a one hit wonder that was amazing, but no one really like looked up and wanted that song. And then all of a sudden it was like the number one song for that year, basically on Spotify, because Everybody got it stuck in their heads again because they did a sequence with it. Mm-hmm. Like they do, they do this thing. But yeah, no, I, yeah. yeah. Although I gotta say, I love love the Constantinople fight though. Like, oh yeah, the the- <laughs> like that was dope. I was like, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> but like, but then I think about it. And when I think about, because I'm very like musically inclined and stuff, and I love to like see where some certain songs pop up. When I see Saturday Night by the Bay City Rollers, that comes up in a lot of fight scenes. I don't know if they ever wrote that song in the '70s. Like, look, we gonna write this song, and it's gonna be in fight scenes and action movies and shit. Uh, like, I, I've wondered, like, if somebody in the Bay City Rollers is like somebody sitting at home they get a phone call hey we want to use you guys a song in a movie like what fight scene is it this time you know but they do use some really good music I gotta- oh yeah so let's let's talk about like some some key differences but and this is where we're going to get into spoiler territory and stuff but some key differences which are a lot of differences and stuff. So uh, let, let's go one at a time. Uh, Rachel, you start. What What are some of your favorite differences and what are some of your least favorite differences from the show and the comic? Um, huh. I guess, I mean, I mean, after, after reading it, like, 
it's it's like almost it's almost two completely different stories really yeah because it's definitely like gerard way like had this very specific vision of what he wanted them to be and then this you know writer kind of was like oh that's cool and like i like that you know i like certain aspects of what you're trying to say here but like at the same time i feel like these characters need more development and they need you know like kind of like what you were saying they need more individual backstories and more Uh individual things because like a lot of the comics are like flashbacks to them as kids like which is interesting that i i was hoping for at least one extra like flashback to them as kids fighting scene because there there's so many in the comics like oh yeah like at least two or three in each book where they show them like there's a whole one of them like like the where the eiffel tower gets destroyed there's one where that an amusement park and like there's all these different villains that they don't ever show in the show like yeah they're like specific there's actual like named super villains that they fight and stuff which again like maybe that's just something they're like oh in the long run we'll go into that or we'll go back to that or or we won't you know who knows but um yeah so i guess i guess that's like one of the biggest things is i think they they in the comics they show a lot more um of of like these little side missions that they do and like things that have happened like when they were children and how that affected them as adults and um and then like there's there's definitely like a big like scene within the second book where they're actually like in Vietnam and it's just um Space Boy uh the Kraken who is Diego by the way which makes no sense cuz Ben should be the Kraken Ben ben, uh, ben should totally be the Kraken <laughs> Ben should totally yeah. be the Kraken like he's he's got the fucking tentacles like it doesn't make <laughs> right. any sense anyway um but yeah like and that's another thing that I guess is different is that like pretty much in the books like they never call him Luther ever they always call him Space Boy it's just right. always Space Boy Space and like they i think they call diego diego a good amount of the time um but like they call allison rumor pretty much all the time and like so yeah they definitely like i said i think they it's like they i think it is an intentional choice that in the comics they are more like their identities are more tied to their powers whereas in the show they're more human and yeah they try to tell more of a human story for each one of them. And um, so I guess, like I said, to me, that's the biggest difference is they kind of, they wanted to make them more fledged out and as people instead of just what they do and their powers and stuff like that. Um, I I think the one, because I love Klaus so much, um, I, I do, I am kind of sad that, they he like they i don't know if again i don't know if it's like a budget thing or if it was a conscious thing but like in the comics he has the ability to float everywhere like he literally never walks anywhere right floating and really and the only the only time they really show it is in the second season and they show ben holding him up which is like kind of dumb to me i'm like (laughs) yeah doesn't need ben hold him up he can float like he can float um but at the same time like and I guess that's another thing, too, is I feel like they weren't as clear this season as to how how sober Klaus is throughout the season. Because, like, 
it, to me, it's like he's in the 60s and he's a cult leader, so he's got to be doing some drugs, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, he's got to be doing some drugs, but yet he's still cognizant and seeing Ben all the time. I mean, I guess he always sees Ben no matter how fucked up he is. But um, but he is like using his powers more frequently to impress these people. And so, but at the same time, I'm like, I mean, of <laughs> of any time period, you'd think that he would be fucked up the most in the 60s. Um, but yeah, that was, so that was kind of like an interesting thing that I thought was just kind of funny is that like they do show him floating a lot in, in the comic books and they don't really ever have him do it um there but um but one thing i do think is interesting or something cool that they do keep from the comics to the tv show is um allison and kind of allison and vanya's uh relationship is pretty similar um vanya is in the comic books pretty much brain dead for a lot of the second Mm -hmm. book um because basically just shoot her in the head to get her to not kill everybody and then she's just recovering from that in the second se- in the yeah. second book um so she really isn't even a factor at all <laughs> um but i do like that they kind of you know have it be that she's trying to she still loves her and tries trying to help her gain her memory back and stuff like that which is also it is a little bit of what happens in season two as well yeah but uh, it's just in a different way um but um yeah, I guess if I had to say, like, if I had to choose a favorite, I think I would say I just, in general, I think they really upped what Umbrella Academy could be in, to make it into a TV show. Um, because on paper, it's like, it's still dynamic and the characters are still interesting, but um, he definitely has a very, uh, Gerard Way's voice is very um, kind of one-sided in a way and is very i think he he's very into i mean he must read a lot of books about the kennedy assassination the fact that he knows (laughs) right and that it's such a big deal for him that he like you know he he puts it in both of these novels and stuff and has a lot of stuff to do with that and the vietnam war and everything like that so um and then i also I, i i kind of love the fact that in the comic books Klaus just randomly adopts a little Vietnamese baby <laughs> and has it like in a little papoose. I thought that that would have been a cute thing for them to add. I don't know when they would have added it, but <laughs> hey, see, there's another season happening, right? <laughs> it could right. happen. That's the way I was like, I was kept thinking like, oh, maybe that's the way he's gonna deal with the fact that he's lost Dave is that he's just gonna adopt a little Vietnamese baby. <laughs> Um, I mean, I would have loved it because, like, he just—I feel like he just needs some purpose now. He needs something to do with his life because it's like now he just doesn't—he doesn't have Ben, he doesn't have Dave, he doesn't have anybody. So he should get a baby. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess that's all I really have to say. Um, like I said, they are vastly, vastly different stories. Yeah. Um, and I think, but I again, like, I like the fact that they keep the—you know—the Luther. Um, the Luther Diego feud is definitely yeah. a big thing in the comic books. Oh they yeah, just hate each other. so that's a big thing. Um, I again, I get sad sometimes when I see how cool uh, Luther does look in the comics with his like spacesuit yeah. and everything, and like the actual like monkey feet and everything. But it's again, it's like gorilla body. Like, they really do on TV, right? Like they can't do everything. Um, but. Yeah, I, I I thought um I especially like I think and they the guy who plays Ben even said like that 
he was pretty much just like supposed to have this very small part even in the first season and because people loved him so much and loved like that the character and his you know relationship with klaus that they petitioned him to be a bigger part of the second season and i i love that and i think they did such a great job with him in um like all the scenes with vanya and stuff like that was just like so gut-wrenching and like poignant and sweet and they don't have anything like that in the comic books and so um I like I just yeah I really liked that a lot that they um, kind of made him the hero in a way and like it's a very sweet little story about him and stuff so yeah I think in general um, I guess I would just say I like the I think I like the TV show a little bit better Um, but it's just it's just different it's just like a very different way telling a story okay Chris same question yeah I mean I agree with a lot of what Rachel said, I haven't read a ton, like, I've only read a couple pages and stuff like that, and little okay. things here and there, aesthetics and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I kind of agree with what Rachel said, obviously, with like humanizing the characters. I think that's a big advantage of what like TV storytelling can do and what adjusting it for a TV audience can do um, compared to what you see in the comics and stuff like that. It's just like, I, I kind of liken it to when you watch like the X-Men movies, which are obviously vastly like differing in quality. Yeah. <laughs> shall we say? Um, but the way that they did it for, for the movies, they humanized them a little bit more. They made things a little bit more realistic. You can't, you sadly did, couldn't have Wolverine in a bright yellow and blue suit or even in the brown and yellow suit, like in the, movies even though we wish we could have seen it at least once um but yeah like there's there's little things that i wish like aesthetically they could have kept um i wish they like like rachel said space boy looks cool um and all that stuff but i do give them a lot of credit for because they've never done this before um adapting this book and it's kind of not obscure but it was you know very niche uh for people to know and have read about Umbrella Academy, I think. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't want to downplay the popularity of the comic because obviously people were were very happy when it was announced it was going to Netflix. But I felt like, in general, general population-wise, they don't know the name Umbrella Academy. It's not like X-Men. It's not like Iron no. Man. And Iron Man wasn't even Well, and that it's a newer franchise, so. and it's Dark Horse, which is yeah. a smaller comic smaller book company. Smaller comic book yeah. company. So I liked, I love that they took the opportunity to diversify and make it interesting the characters and where they came from because obviously Gerard Way is you know like uh, the characters are written and look a certain way in the book and they look completely different in in the TV show so uh, I think they took that opportunity and ran with it and it ga- went to their advantage in this season especially because they were able to do that entire Allison story which was incredible um, I thought that whole storyline with her and Ray was oh like, yeah one of my I've seen in a TV show in a while. So they definitely like, I, and I think with what Rachel was saying, like the vibe that Gerard Way has, like being a kind of obsessed with the '70s era, with like the Kennedy assassination and like uh, Vietnam and stuff like that. I think that's an influence of Watchmen, which uh, yeah, definitely, which yeah, definitely like. Which is why Vanya is kind of the character that she is in the show, because that's kind of influenced by, and visually especially, 
by how kind of Dr. Manhattan looks or whatever, and how he's kind of like the big weapon all the time. Um, but yeah, like I, I think they've really humanized the characters in the TV show. And I can't say whether I prefer either one. <laughs> I, I would guess it would be the TV show because that's the one I have more experience with. Right. But yeah. I, I, and I appreciate that they made it more of a diverse cast because, again, it was just yeah. all white kids, basically. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was, <laughs> they're all white kids. <laughs> just 43 white people and their kids. What's this about? <laughs> we were just watching a. a <laughs> a freaking uh, film theory about what's the chances that uh, only five white kids won the tickets for Willy Wonka's <laughs> Yo! Yeah, I saw that! Yeah! 15%, yeah, if you're if you're wanting to know. Yeah. Right! So they, well, they basically they basically with the <laughs> um they with the evidence they provided with Slugworth they are basically saying that it was rigged. Oh yeah! yeah. So so, so like hundred percent, it was a hundred percent chance it was white kids. They were from different countries, some of them, but they were handpicked. Yes. So like, so my 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 differences with it is like the pacing of it, the pacing of the show, and, and, and you have to pace it out a little bit further for like episodic television. But the books, it's like okay, this is happening. This is happening. This is like Vanya finds out she has powers in the show in like I want to say episode eight or nine. In the books, it's it's literally the end of the first book, you know? It's like, all right, she's got powers now. I'm like, whoa, 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 this happened fast, you know? Yeah, she like she's already pissed off at everybody. Everybody's pissed at her. And like and they give it like extra time and care to like talk about like a little bit of everybody and stuff and then and like number five he just he's already there they don't just show him coming back through time he's he's just there he's like oh you're back it's like yeah like he just went to go get some smokes or something he was just chilling in the books but like he was gone for such a long time in the show and everybody else is an adult and they like hey so you're still so you're just a kid now what what's going down yeah. But, like, I was um, also, like, just teeny little changes that they did. Like, like when you say that um, that Allison kills President Kennedy by rumoring him to blow his mind, they, ha- they have a little nod to that in the first episode of the second season where she says that to the soldiers in the streets. Yes, yes, yes. Um, which is cool. And, and I love her storyline because, because it didn't hit me until, like, they showed her when she came out of the time vortex at the beginning of the episode, I was like, oh, okay, she got knocked back into 1960, 61. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. She's in Dallas in 1961. <laughs> I was like, oh. Because time travel for black people is different. We can't go, we just can't go back in time and think things are going to be okay. They get progressively worse, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's, I, I thought that was very poignant that when, she, when she's talking to and when she's leaving, she's like, you can come and still do good work. Like, unfortunately, like, we're still dealing with this. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, he would come back and, like, literally the only difference would be the internet. And it'd just be like, oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. You don't have to go door to door anymore, honey. You can just no, 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 no. You can just get on the internet and, like, and just stay out of the comment section. But- <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Oh boy. There will still be plenty of protests. To go stay, stay out of the context com- comment section, but there's plenty of protests you can do when you go back to 2019. Uh, but oh man, and then then they went back to 2019, which sounds absolutely amazing. Like you, they didn't even go to. T- they didn't even go to 2020. They went to 2019. It's like, mm, yeah. we're going to hover here. We're just going to chill right here. We'll, we'll, and on December 31st, 2019, we're going to go back. Five take us back a year. Five take us back a year. That's it. <laughs> no, just keep going back. <laughs> bag it up. <laughs> bag it on up. <laughs> uh, just bag it on up. Just bag it up. So, uh, who who's everyone's favorite character? Does everybody have a favorite character or... or- I think we oh, all make it. I mean, Rick it's hard. Really- it's it's hard. I mean, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. It's like I love, I love Klaus in some ways, and I hate Klaus in some ways too because he is a total asshole. And there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of ways that I feel like he could have, yeah, he could have done, made better choice in his life. Absolutely. But I mean, they all could have. They all kind of had a really shitty upbringing, and you know. And yeah, in terms of with Klaus, it's like, yeah, it's like the more I go, like I've gone back and watched like the earlier episodes and stuff. I'm like, I think if I was seeing dead people constantly and the only way I could get them to stop is drinking, I would probably drink a lot. Yep. Yeah. Cause I don't think I can deal with that shit. Like, um, so, but at the same time, like, that's my only thing is that I just hope that like, you know, the things that he's learning is making him a better person, which yeah. it seems like it is. Um, but I guess I'm kind of like in between Ben and Klaus as my favorite character, yeah. especially this season, just because he, he gave so much of himself to Vanya and I yeah. was so touched by I, that. Yeah. For me, I think over the two seasons, the most constant one that I enjoy is Allison. I've loved her storylines yeah. so far over mm-hmm. the two seasons. I, if I'm only talking about season two, I think my favorite storyline has been Diego. The growth between like where Diego starts season two to where Diego ends is really fantastic. Um, And I think, yeah, I I think Diego for the second season, but overall as an MVP for me is Allison. (laughs) No, no, no. So like mine was like kind of like Diego and five and Diego for very Diego for a personal reason, because Diego uh, in the show, he has a stutter. And I grew up with a stutter, uh, and that was that was something that like it hit home. It's like he got whenever he felt nervous or like trying to like be enough for his father, he got into the stuttering. And you see that in season two, and and you see it in you see it in both seasons. As an adult, he still has it. Like he hasn't really he knows how to control it, but he really hasn't like gotten rid of it and sometimes he does backslide and and goes back into it no matter how he's feeling and stuff like when he tells him that he's not enough or like he's not good enough and he tells him that he's wrong and like people are like well why did he say it like that i'm like because he has a stutter and it's triggered by his father you know and that that hit home for me a lot i was like oh shit i've always had an affinity for like superheroes who've had like this is why I like Marvel as opposed to DC because Marvel heroes all have a flaw. Um, yeah, they all have a flaw, and, and you can relate to it. Yeah. yeah, they're humans that have powers and whatever. And like DC is uh, as much as you love Superman and 
almost and Batman who's supposed to be human, but he's like the richest, smartest guy ever. Oh. Like they're they're God. Mm-hmm. DC is about gods. <laughs> yeah. DC I've always told people DC is about heroes that you should you should aspire to be like. And Marvel had heroes yeah. that like, hey, I'm like that guy. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like when you see Spider Man struggling with rent and stuff and still going to save the day, it's like, wow, I, I don't save the day all the time, but I get it. I get it. Not having a job that I don't like or whatever and having to balance a love life with a superhero life and all that, I can relate to that. So, like, I've always gravitated towards heroes that I can relate to, which leads me to number five. Number five is technically the oldest out of the group. Yeah. And he's frustrated that no one's taking his wisdom too seriously because all they see is a child. You know? Yeah. (laughs) And he's like, no, guys, I know how this can work. Listen to me. You know, and he's he's just absolutely hilarious because he won't change his clothes. He hasn't chosen a name. He just chooses to be number five. And the great part is that, like, yeah, he's old and he's frustrated with it. It's but it's because he has so many experiences. But he like is also kind of emotionally stunted because he's been alone for so long. Yeah, he can't figure out how to tell people exactly what he's feeling or thinking. Because he's just been so guarded and alone for so yeah. many years. Well, and he just, like, that's the only way he knows how to get his point across yeah. is just to <laughs> scream at people. Right. Because, like, yeah, he's, he's been taught to be violent. And, like, that's how you, you know, that's how you deal with your shit is you just <laughs> fuck people up. And, you know. So, yeah. So, like, yeah. And I, the, the kid who plays him just does such oh, a so fucking good. fantastic job. Like, I've loved him since, like, yeah. Like, I'm, it's definitely, like, Klaus and Ben and then Five for me, too. Because, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, he's, he's such a fantastic character. And, like, yeah, the fact that he gets to play young and old yeah. at the same right. time is going to be such a fun, especially for a kid, to be yeah. like, oh, I get to fucking drink? Hell yeah. And, right. Like, you know, I get to talk to, you know, adults like I'm a fucking adult and I get to, like, you know, not take shit from people and, like, you know. It's just, it's such a, it must just be a super fun character to play in general, yeah. And just to put it on the record, we are both fully on board with uh, the whole getting him to be uh, Damian Wayne. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I will, I will pay, I will pay top dollar to see him as (laughs) Damian Wayne, like, straight up and we we need to film it now before he starts getting bigger because oh absolutely oh i know that's what i've been saying this all along i'm like they need to start cranking this shit out because he is not going to be a baby right they need to just they they need to just film his his scenes (laughs) they need to film his scenes for season three right now because that growth spurt is gonna hit like yeah, but um, also, uh, also one of my favorite characters—not really a character, but kind of a character in itself—but Klaus's wardrobe in season two is Ooh, my favorite oh, yeah. character. Like straight up, like when I saw, he I had bought the jacket. I bought the jacket. Send me I the, the link. Send me the link to where you got it from because I because <laughs> yeah, send me that link because I saw that on the promo material. I, like, I could rock the hell out of that. Yeah, yeah, and that would oh, man, definitely yeah. fit fit your style quite well. Oh yeah, totally. I would wear that normally, 
But like, <laughs> and and what he did, if I were to be somehow magically sent back to the sixties, I would totally start a cult, and I would totally call it Destiny's Children. That would just be the funniest <laughs> thing. Yep. Like when oh, he said so Destiny, good. I was like, oh my god, he called a cult Destiny's Children. I'm like, why does that not sound like a cult to me? Any time before I put it in that context. Right, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. And I love that he just steals, you know, steals TLC Salt lines. lyrics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it's Ugh. too good. Alright, I just sent it to your Instagram, by the way. <laughs> Alright, cool. Well, I already bought that shit, so yeah. Got it. <laughs> oh um, my god, but yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> I'm like, wow, it, and it, it was, it was the because everybody adapted. Everybody went back in time and just adapted to the time period that they were in to varying results. You know, Vanya had amnesia. Vanya got there like a, only a couple days before the event happened. Uh, if I'm yeah. if I'm correct, uh, the one who was there the longest, I think, was Klaus. Because yes, I think I believe he yeah. was the yeah he was the first yeah one first to, one to yeah. arrive or yeah Klaus got can. there in like this, in 1960. Yeah, Klaus got there first, and then Allison got there in '61. Yes, and, yeah, you're um, right. You're right. And Luther got there in '62, and then everybody else came within like a couple. And uh, five got there when shit already had hit the fan and had to go back a couple days. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but that oh my god, that opening scene though, like oh, that was so good. That was such a great way to start it with like showing them all together and yeah, that was as a team, you know. And I was, I was hoping we were going to build up to that moment, and we got such a different one. That that switcheroo was great, though. It yeah. was, yeah, it really mm-hmm. was. So now, now again, what we said at the beginning, at the top of the episode, there were forty three children born on that day. We got introduced to eight more. Like at the end of this season, so one got a lot of exposition. The other one is 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 Ben, kinda, and then there's yeah. like six other students. So let let's talk about uh, the the one who we got the most def- information on, and that is scrambling back for the notes because she she was dope, and for whatever reason her name always escapes me. Uh, Lila. 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 Yeah, Lila. Yes. Now, Lila, whose power is, is, I I think, and I think this is just like, okay, we just forgot about powers and didn't know how to make up one, but hers is basically copy. She can copy one person's powers at a time. Yeah, and I I thought it was a really interesting reveal because you got her fight with five and you're like, oh, she's like five. She has teleportation powers and that's what she has. And then it becomes, you get to the end of the the season in that big fight sequence and you're like oh crap she knows how to do everything yeah, <laughs> yeah right she, yeah she, she can reverse people's powers back onto them or yeah it's like absorb and then deflect basically. it's like a it's yeah. like a combination of like what bishop can do which is like absorb people's energy yeah reflect it and, then, and like rogue yeah it's more like an old school x-man x-man like the sixth member of the team mimic he can just copy yeah, whoever's yeah. powers are around him, you know? But yeah, and yeah, she. I, I really liked her as a character, and I thought that was such a cool reveal that, like, and yeah, and it, like, it was, it was, it was such a great way of, I mean, in, in, 
in all essence, she was kind of the vehicle to get Diego to grow as a person. Yeah. Like, because he, you know, yeah. he lost his other love and this was a, you know, a unique love and a weird love for him. But he, you know, the, the whole time he was with her, he just kept feeling like, okay, there's something about her that I relate to and that you know, we connect on these same levels and stuff. And then to come to find out that like, she literally had like almost the, an identical upbringing because she was made right. to be a weapon and that's what the rest of them were made to be. And yeah, I just, I thought that was cra- like such a cool and crazy reveal to be like, yeah, five killed her family. And at first you're kind of thinking, oh, maybe like that was just something she remembered incorrectly, but no, five did kill her family or her her mother and father but it was the handler who ultimately you know ordered it made her what she was and like manipulated her and And, like that's such a fucked up you know thing that like that she was the only person that she loved and that was taken away but just i just loved that moment where diego's like we you know we understand you you're not alone like which is such a it it is such like an x-men type like yeah. feeling to it where it's like yeah like you're ultimately you're human you have emotions that are valid and the things that have happened to you are not right and you know you you know you're able to be trained and you know you're very powerful as a person but d- deep down like you're fucked up just like us and we are here for you and i like i just loved that you know that he was just like you know you don't have to be alone and right like him but it's like at the same time he's telling her that it's like he's realizing that himself that like he's he's isolated himself for so long and just yeah. made it all about oh woe is me like yeah. i have such shit but he's not realizing that everyone else is in the same boat and i and i think what going back and watching it again there's just this really sweet very quiet moment where diego and vanya are sitting on a step together and she puts her head on his his shoulder and they've had he's just constantly blamed her for like everything yeah her whole life and then just for that moment for her to do that and then he just very slowly puts his head on her head too and it's just like so sweet that yeah. it's like it's like they finally get that like they all are fucked up <laughs> <laughs> right they really it's like, I was like their group therapy moments like we all were fucked up we were all fucked up by this horrible man who treated us just like weapons and weren't well, didn't treat us like people you know like, uh, to to that point mm-hmm. though too i thought that was an interesting um vehicle for trying to uh, to see how bad it could have been for them like compared to what they got cuz like the handler yeah. handles that uh, handles that situation by killing Lila's parents to yeah, get her. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Reginald, it's, like, it's way more Reginald just yeah. bought them. Yeah. Really not, not that I'm oh, going to yeah. say, not, not- going to say just bought is like a good thing, but compared you know, like, to, <laughs> compared to somebody coming out and fucking murdering your parents. <laughs> right, and taking and kidnapping you, you know, there was at least some kind of agency from the parents to be like, you know what? We didn't really plan for this kid anyway. So, you know, to drop this huge burden on us right now, I might want to take the cash. Who knows? You know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I thought that was interesting, too. But, uh, no, I thought Lila was a very, Mm -hmm. like, intriguing character to learn about and know that, hey, maybe there are, like, 40-something other kids that are also growing up kind of fucked up and getting to learn shit. But it's just interesting to me, too, that, like, 
you know, they established in the last season that, um, what was his name is Leonard? Leonard. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, that he was technically born on that same day, but he didn't have any powers. Right. And then the fact that Lila seemingly at least for a few years, like had a normal life with her family. So, it's like, was she just born on that same day, but not in the same circumstances? Or was she actually born in the same she way? Was born the same way, and then. But she, she just happened to have. The stuff doesn't like, manifest. Yeah, that they, right. they're older. Or something like kind that. Kind of like yeah. the X Men. Like, X Men don't guess, get their yeah. powers until their puberty. Because so. But I'm just saying, like, in terms of the fact that she had a mom yeah, and dad yeah. that were right. together, yeah. and that were some of them were just like young women who didn't have a partner and just yeah, got yeah. pregnant, you know, it which I think it seems like that might've been why, like he probably was able to get the ones where it was just a woman who didn't have anyone. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. she's yeah. kind of like, well, I don't have the means to raise this child and I wasn't expecting it. So yeah, here you go. But like if someone, you know, maybe they wanted the child or they were trying to have a child or exactly. whatever, they were probably the ones that wanted to keep the children. And so, yeah, so this is an interesting thing to think about that, like, you know, maybe some of them do have powers, some of them don't have powers, like, or varying degrees and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting to see who these yeah. people are. Yeah. <laughs> another another <laughs> dynamic another dynamic that I wanted them to kind of touch on in the second season, uh, which they didn't, and I hope they might touch on it on the third, I don't know, is that Luther and Five are twins. Are they? Oh, yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the book, like I was, I was reading. Yeah, they review that in in the second book. They're twins, so like they were like born on the same day and stuff with the same with you know the same mom, fraternal twins. I think it was, and I wanted them to explore that relationship because Five and Luther got a lot of screen time together this season. So I thought that they were gonna go that route, but you know they they eventually didn't. But the the Sparrow Academy, who are the seven other children who were born on that same day, six plus Ben, they show up at the last cut of the second season, and that, which was cool. And I didn't know it was the last episode yet, so I was like, "Oh shit! This, oh, oh shit! This next episode gonna be the bomb." I'm like, "Wait, what? Why am I getting a preview for Big Mama's house? What's happening?" Like, I will say, I went back. After we watched that episode, I went back just to see the lineup because it's obviously just silhouettes that they put in and poke. And I'm like, I'm super intrigued by the left side. The cube? Whatever. Yeah, the cube. Like, is the, so is the, like, my thing is like, is the cube the thing that was born or is it a somebody controlling the cube? Turned into a cube? I don't know. Like yeah, that? Like, I don't get that. And they don't explain that in the comics yet either. So none of us know. That's all fresh with all of us. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It's- yeah, we'll see. But like, yeah, there's like literally like five other kids and a cube. Like a cube just came over like the, the old screensaver. Remember those? <laughs> <laughs> like it just... Yes and no. Yeah, it's just, just the, the bit from the bit Tron. From Tron. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, oh, okay, there's a cube on the TV. Because I didn't see it the first time. And it's like, I saw it in like a YouTube video later on. Somebody had brightened up the frame. I was like, wait, there's a, just a cube right there. What the hell is happening here? For whatever reason, in my eyes, I was like, the first thing I saw I was like, why is there a fucking cube? <laughs> right. On there? And anyway. and we get, in, we get in a live bin. So like, 
So that actor, he yeah. he's 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 great. He played Ben great so much that even when he died, they're like, "We gotta bring you back." Yeah. So yeah. we can get at least some. And what I hope that they do, and this is just me producing something in my head, what I hope that they do when they do that, when they eventually do the episode that shows Ben's childhood, they show both Bens and the differences of how they were raised. Oh yeah, I hope so. You yeah, know. like, and that's another thing too that, like, and I, and I, I think it's interesting they did finally show the funeral and kind of explained, like, you kind of assumed that it was some horrible accident because they yeah. alluded to that fact. But like, even in the comics, they just they literally never say they what never bring it up. No, and so like, yeah, so like, literally, all you get is that scene where they he just says like. He's basically like it's all your guys' fault, and which is super fucked up for a dad to do. Right <laughs> at a funeral, I've never heard anybody blame somebody else in a eulogy. They was like, "Yeah, here we have been. You all killed him." Like, whoa, that's kind of aggressive, Dad. Yeah, it's fucked up. Um, yeah, so it'll just be it will be interesting if they if they ever do decide to like show that day or what exactly happened. Yeah. And like led up to that or yeah, or if they were able to show like more of the way he interacted with them as as kids and stuff cuz you know, you want to like they all obviously were very fond of him and cared very deeply for him and were very sad that he passed. Oh yeah. Away, so and he misses he misses them too. He was very attached to his siblings. Yeah, uh, that exactly. scene that scene that he has with Vanya is just so beautifully done. It's like oh, way up God. there with any any like scene of like heartache and all that stuff. Like it just if you want to watch anything that's a great char- like actor study of like how you can talk to each other as like family or whatever. Like that was a great great scene. I I. Uh, I very much applaud Justin Min, the guy who plays Ben, because he doesn't get to do much. He really yeah. doesn't. Until this season, he got to do a lot more. But that scene specifically, I'm like, yeah, I, I really want more of this guy. And now I get it. So yeah. I'm very excited about that. Before we before we land this plane, so say say you were one of the 43 children born on that day in October. What would your powers be and what would your code name be? Ooh, I, I, know, I know y'all thought about this. I know y'all thought about this. That's a tough one. Yeah, it's hard. That's a tough one. Um, especially the code name. I feel like you end up earning a code name from somebody else or something like that. Like somebody names you. Yeah. Unless, yeah. Um, oh, man. What power would I want? Because I don't really want to like know everybody's thoughts or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I don't want that stuff. <laughs> I think at first, it was one time when you got asked this at Comic Con for like a interview, you said you wanted a invisibility. Invi- no, no, it was a uh, the Kitty Pride thing where you could oh, walk, walk through walls. walls yeah, <laughs> it's, it, it's a little bit of both. But yeah, I've always had a fascination with like either yeah being able to phase matter or like yeah like. Yeah, like a Kitty Pride type thing. Okay. Basically, where either where you, either you can be invisible or like walk through walls or something along those lines. But yeah, just you know, because it would come in handy and you can sneak up on people and like <laughs> <laughs> all that stuff. Um, You're all about stealth. Yes, I am. <laughs> so I guess I, 
I guess. <laughs> well, Chris always calls me the ninja, so maybe I would either be the ninja or the ghost. Or I swear to like God, that. there are times <laughs> in the house where I will be upstairs and she's downstairs, and I've heard nothing, and somehow I hear a voice behind me, like, "Hey, Chris!" I'm like, "Oh shit! How did you get up here?" I should have heard the steps. Um, nope. She are so she already has some of those powers. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I've always been. I mean, it would be funny to be like, I, <laughs> I just thinking of the irony of it. If I am the the shape of that I'm in now, which is not in shape, if I was like the Flash, <laughs> like super fast, but I yeah. didn't look. I look like a normal dude. <laughs> okay. But I don't uh, know what I would be called. Huh. So me, okay. So uh, I, 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 I've recently watched. Well, I, I was reading some old X-Men comics, and I was reading, um, remember Generation X? It was like the next generation of X-Men and stuff. I actually watched that movie about a week ago, and it was a okay. terrible, terrible, if you get a chance to, it's the whole thing's on YouTube in parts. Uh, it was a terrible made-for-TV movie, horrible movie. However, they did use one of the very obscure X-Men characters, his name was Mondo. And what Mondo could do, okay. any substance that he touched, like wood, metal, steel, any of that, he could take on the properties of that. I want those powers. I want those. So, yeah. like, if I would just, like, have rocks and, like, lead pipes and stuff in my pockets and stuff for, like, my accessories. <laughs> and, like, just be strong as steel or rock or something like that. And then my code name would, would probably be, like, um, I, I don't know, like Terra Firma or something like that. Or oh, something. that'd be cool. But like, yeah, that that would be my power. Because I don't want to read mine because that sounds terrible. No, that sounds terrible, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'm, if I'm going to go back, I wouldn't want to be the Flash. I, I've always loved Green Lantern. So I'd uh-huh. want some sort of that ability to just create things with my imagination. Uh, that would be great. Like, oh, that'd be awesome. Think up. That's right. what I can use. I'm gonna give you your. I'm gonna give you your hero name for that. You're gonna be oh, man. Yeah. You're gonna be manifest. Oh, I like <laughs> there that. You yeah. There you go. There you go. Dig it. Dig it. <laughs> so now we now we gotta make costumes. <laughs> but oh, no, man. we gotta get our. That was the one thing I did really love about, like, one of the last scenes of the second season was that they kind of had a cohesive, like, badass, yeah. like, superhero. Like, they were all wearing black. I really loved Alex yeah. and cape and shit and, like, the gloves. I was like, fuck, yeah, that's dope. <laughs> but, yeah, I kind of dug that they were all, like, in black and very, like, stealthy looking. And, yeah. like, they felt like a team. They definitely felt like a team. I love that there were superheroes with beards because you never see superheroes with facial hair. I was like, oh, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> like, people got beards and stuff. We out here, they fighting as a family, and then we go back in time, then we go back forward, and they fighting as a family again and losing bad. But, like, they... Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's but, one thing, too, that I guess maybe I was kind of sad about. I mean, they film a little bit, I think, in the first season when he's on the moon. I think Luther kind of has a beard. Yeah. At yeah. one point. Yeah. Um, but in the comics, like, the, he, there's a point where he gets, I don't know if he gets, necessarily gets older, but he, his hair grows very long and his beard grows very long. And so he becomes, like, old man Luther. And he also, like, gets very big. 
Yeah. Well, that was like the and, thing. Uh, the but the, that's they what they're saying is they decided that they didn't want him. They didn't. They alluded to it in the in the part where he's eating the barbecue, where he's like kind of depressed and he's like overeating. But they definitely in the comic books they kind of had him go through a depressive episode where he did like eat a lot, like Thor did. Uh huh. You know. So they, but they, so I think they decided to not do it that way because they've already done it. Um, but or, yeah, you've yeah. seen it in an, in another medium. You don't yeah. want to have another them thinking that you copied it from an end game yeah, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. All right. So, uh, before we, before we go, where can everybody find you guys? Uh, so you can find us on, uh, our website, the nerdlies.com. That's T H E N E R D L Y S.com. Um, and any of your favorite podcasts, the nerdlies, it's three words. Uh, any of your favorite podcast apps. Uh, I am on Instagram as, uh, oddly captured for my photography page and rachel is lady on. reagan <laughs> just l-a-d-y-r-a-e-g-u-n um yeah and then chris is also the real china man if you want to look him up by himself <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah thank you guys I, I swear thank you guys so much for you know, me we've been trying to do a podcast together for a while now um so it's it's very i'm very happy to have you guys here and I'll, I'll see you guys as, as soon as, you know, the world stops ending, I guess. You know, I, I guess the Umbrella Academy needs to go back in time to stop this shit. Because right. yeah. every, everywhere they go, they bring the end of the world. So they need to go wherever the you hell. Know you know, we need to send Umbrella Academy. You got to send Flashback there. You got to send any. You got to send Marty McFly, uh, Rick and Morty. All those time travel guys. You got to figure this out. Yeah, yeah. Fla- Fla- Flash went back again, and this is where we're all at now. So here we. I, you know what? Before we go, I, I gotta I, since we brought that up. Like I used to love the Flash TV show up until about season three. Season three is where I just lost it. I just gave up. Like I just did not stop. I did not care about that show again after season three. Season one was absolutely awesome. Two was like okay, this is cool too. And then three, I was like, you know what? This is a bad relationship. <laughs> like I gotta get out of I'm getting abused. <laughs> yeah, like, I gotta get out of here. I'm getting abused. This is just weird now. <laughs> Everybody's got power. It, every season it's like I just gotta run faster. Really, Barry? That's all you gotta do? Like Yeah, I, I have heard that from about that series. I only watch tidbits of it, but I every season I see promo images like, oh that guy's fast now? Oh, that guy also can be fast. Okay, cool. I, I was like, I oh, I was like, man, I, I I can't even cosplay as the Flash without just feeling just like you know. I think I'm just not even feeling this no more. You know, <laughs> that was a weird segue, but I had to say that. But sometimes you just put it on record. Sometimes you I know. Put it on the- it's out. There, it's out there now on wax. Somebody's gonna come after me for downing the Flash. No, he doesn't have to get fast every season. I'm like, yeah, he does. That's that's the only kick for it. <laughs> he just gotta run fast. That's all he does. And the only girl he ever knew was his his adopted sister. It's weird, but you know. <laughs> I mean, Luther and Allison. Up with that shit. I see. I, I know how to bring it back home. I know how to bring, I know how to bring it back home. Luther and Allison. That's it's it's like sibling, sibling jungle fever. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> 
Yeah. All right. But that's going to wrap up this episode (laughs) of the Temple of Geek podcast. I want to thank everybody who tuned in today, especially our guests, Chris and Rachel Lee. I really appreciate y'all for being with us today. Uh, If you guys have any questions or comments, feel free to hit us up on Facebook or Twitter using the handle Temple of Geek. Uh, If you want to check out any of our other episodes, go check, go head over to templeofgeek.com and you'll find all sorts of content that pertains to the world of geek. Rachel, Chris, thank you guys so much once again for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you very much for giving us the honor of being part of the show. Oh, no, no. The honor is all mine. I really appreciate y'all, okay? Please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Geek. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Temple of Geek. And remember to visit TempleofGeek.com. Your one stop for all things geek. Goodbye. This will conclude our transmission.